Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world, that people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Now, let's turn our attention to God's Word. Howdy, friends, and welcome to today's Light Steps Live. Here, as we continue our Fruitful Disciples series, our word of the day is redeem. What a great word. And as you might imagine, and has been said on previous episodes, that word brings us right to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. Looking carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. That's verse 15, verse 16. Some translations say redeeming the time. The ESV says making the best use of the time because the days are evil. If you were to look that word up in the Greek, you would find that it means to ransom or to rescue from loss. In other words, make our time useful, make the best use of our time. Make it useful unto eternity. To be a fruitful disciple means we make the best use of our time for eternity. I believe the three key areas of making the best use of our time is to be personal worshipers, people, witnesses, and powerful wisdomers. Yeah, I just made that up. I want everything to be alliterated. I don't know why it's my insanity. But, you know, think about it. Witness, worship, wisdom. Wow. Make the best use of our time. Why? The Apostle Paul says, here's the reason. The days are evil. So we want, we want to rescue as much as we can from loss in these evil days. We don't want things to be lost. We do know that it's going to come a time where God is going to reconcile all things to himself through Jesus Christ. And we want to be part of that reconciliation. And we want to see as as many things, as many people, as much of creation not be lost. So redeem, redeem the time. We want to live lives of purpose that is that 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 is spent on rescuing things from loss. I think there's three big ideas, three big ideas that I want to unfold today. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what they are. I believe they're how we walk our lives, and I believe those big big three things inside of redeeming the time are walk in love, walk in humility, and walk with wisdom. I want to spend a little time on on each one of those things. But I want to, before we go there, to take a quick look over into Psalm chapter number 90 and verse number 12. I love Psalm 90, the whole thing. Verse 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And what he's saying is like, teach us in the time we have uh, to, to, to make the most of our days. We don't have a lot of days. In comparison with the scope of the, the the time of creation, our lives are short. And especially in the scope of eternity, our lives on this earth are short. So the psalmist says, teach us to see that our lives are but a vapor, a hand's breath. There's just not much of our lives. So teach us not to waste our lives on things that don't matter. As a matter of fact, 
Uh, I, I recommend um, John Piper's sermon, uh, Don't Waste Your Life. Uh, uh, go listen to it. Google it. Don't waste your life. So there's the call. Uh, redeem the time. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. Let's not waste our life. I, I don't know about you, um, but I, I want to actively, actively take advantage of every opportunity to do good. And I want to do the goodest good. That's bad English, but you get my point. The best good. I'm going to do the most good I can do in the time that I have to do good. And I want to do the best sorts of good when there's an opportunity to do any sort of good. Okay, that's what we're talking about here today. And we want to unfold two or three ideas inside of that. And uh, we're going to give attention more to some than to others. We're going to respect our time together today and we're going to cruise to this subject. But that, that, there's the framework in about four minutes. I gave you the frame, four or five minutes, whatever it's been, the framework for what we're dealing with here. We just want to live lives of purpose. We want to redeem the time. Um, I, 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 I love, I love this, this streaming, streaming stuff of TV these days. I love it. Uh, but I, it's dangerous for me. Um, I can, I can look up a, a music video. Um, I, I love all sorts of music, but Jesus music is my favorite. And my favorite style of music is bluegrass. I can think of a song and want to listen to it and, and go look up, uh, you know, like the other day I went and looked up Paul Williams um, um, and um, was looking up one song by Paul Williams. And the next thing you know, 45 minutes had passed and I had listened to 15 gospel songs and not to say there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like, if it's that easy, all right, if I start watching crazy animal videos, two hours will pass. So I love the streaming age we live in, but you know, it gets kind of convicting when you've been watching Andy Griffith on Netflix so long that Netflix is like, yo, are you still watching? Um, and so, you know, you don't want to yell at Netflix, don't you judge me. But it's stuff like that. It'll just make you say, I I'm not doing anything bad, but am I doing the best good? Right. And honestly, sometimes the best good is to is, is to have a day of rest. That's why God gave it to us. So I'm not talking about being on the go 24-7, 365, but I am talking about living with the best good in mind and being a hard worker for the kingdom, in the kingdom, being a hard worker in the gospel. Make no mistake about that. I am saying be cautious about what you get wrapped up in because before you know it, a lot of time can pass and you can miss out on a lot of, uh, we might not be doing evil, but we can miss out on a ton of opportunity to do good. So in being a fruitful disciple, to redeem the time is a really conscientious intentional um, mind frame, mindset. Uh, so three ideas, three ideas. With all that stuff as a backdrop, you give a couple minutes each to three ideas. Number one, walk in love. Somebody ought to say amen. Walk in love. So uh, <laughs> I'm really babbling right here. There's all kinds of passages I, I think one of the things I think of is how the person was trying to figure out who they're supposed to love. 
And I don't, I don't know. Sometimes I think of that about that passage when they say, uh, when Jesus says, love your neighbor, and he basically goes, yeah, and even people you don't like are your neighbor. It, it's not like the person was trying to discover who all they should love. I think they were trying to discover the edge of who they should love. In other words, who's, who's inside the fence of people I should love versus who am I not obligated to love, right? And I think Jesus just blasts that. He just... He just says, love the person that you have the opportunity to love. <laughs> Whoever you have opportunity to love and whatever circumstances you have to show love and act in love, live that sort of love. And so if you, you read across all the scriptures, it would tell you to love the stranger. It would tell you to love the foreigner. And sometimes those words are the same. It would tell you to love your enemies. It would tell you that one of the tests of your faith is whether or not you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's actually one of the, the true tests of your faith. Um, Jesus tells us in John 13 that if we don't love the brothers and sisters like he's loved, like, like he's loved us, then, then you know, we're not his disciple. That's, that's sort of a wild thought. But basically... We're told to love, love everybody. And love here isn't so much um, a squishy emotion as it is a sacrificial benevolent action to, to act with as much goodness toward everyone around us as we possibly can is, is love, right? For God so loved the world. Paul's, right? Paul's right there. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It does not say for God so loved the world that he had warm, fuzzy feelings about everyone in it. Nope. It does not say for God so loved the world that he did what was convenient for him. It does not say for God so loved the world that he put parameters around his comfort level. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God sent Jesus to the cross. In 1 John, God is love. His very character is love. And so love is benevolent care. It's sacrificial action. So when we say walk in love, we're not looking to get off the hook. We're not looking to confine our, our you know, the action of love to uh, any certain group of people with the exclusion of other groups of people. We're not looking to do what's only emotional, emotionally fulfilling. We are looking to do the best good to whoever's in front of us and every opportunity we get to do that. Go across the scope of scripture. I believe it's there. Secondly, walk in humility. I, I love to study humility. I'll tell you why. Pride comes very naturally to me, but humility is one of those things that the Holy Spirit longs for me to have. So he's always confronting me in my pride and um, and showing me, you know, what humility is. A lot of people think humility is sort of some self-deprecating thing. Uh, but I, I don't know who I, I heard saying I, I have credited it to my to my grandmother, but I really don't know where I first heard it. I just remember she and I talking about it one time. Humility is not 
thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. And, and I know I, I credit her with that saying, but I don't know where it originated from. But humility is, is much deeper than that. You know, I, I think the core part of humility is, is, is simply uh, submitting or subordinating yourself to God in Christ Jesus. Um, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 24, the Bible says that a disciple is not above his teacher, nor is a slave above his master. So if we're a disciple of Jesus, thing number one is, Jesus, you're more important Compared to you, Jesus, I'm way less important. You have the preeminence in value and importance and focus, and I am second. And we know the Bible talks a lot about pride. It says everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Luke chapter 14, verse 11. We know 1 Peter chapter 5. We know James chapter 4. Both say that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Was it? I might be James 5. Either way, both books say it. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so I, I think this, this core idea, this core idea of humility is just saying, I am under Christ. I am submissive to Christ. I think that's the most valuable idea about humility. And so we walk into a situation and we don't say, we don't look at a person and say, which one of us is more important? We walk into that situation and say, Christ is more important. When I say walk in humility, I think that's the core thought for me. All right. I, I, I think a, another core thought of humility is is just not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Now, we ought to think of ourselves exactly like God thinks of us, okay? In and of ourselves, we're dead, cut off sinners, not able to produce fruit that pleases him. But in Christ, we're beloved, treasured. Uh, we are a son or a daughter adopted into the family. We are sanctified. We are, we are holy and being made holy. I mean, on and on and on. Man, there's an incredible list in the scriptures in several places about who we are in Christ. So we want to see, we want to see ourselves just like God sees us, right? In and of ourselves, let me put it in country boy terms. There ain't nothing there. The double negative for emphasis. As Dr. Jim Willingham would say, emphasis. Um, in and of ourselves, there ain't nothing there. But in Christ, because the Father's love and esteem is poured on the Son, in Christ, man, all the riches of heaven are poured out to us. So if the core thought of humility is just being submissive or subordinated under Christ, I think the second part of walking in humility is seeing that our value, if we ever have any, right, will only come to us through Christ. I think, I think another thing that is important is in that if, if Christ is the measure and if God would crucify his son to love on the world, we should never expect ourselves to be treated any better than Jesus was treated. Now, that, that runs counter to the American mind because we, we can't go through a drive-thru without having a conniption. You know, really, we go through a drive-thru and they'll make a, a, a meal for a family of four in three minutes and 43 seconds and we'll feel like we got mistreated. I mean, seriously. 
And then there's all sorts of secondary, tertiary, and, and, and whatever the word for fourth would be. There's all sorts of other thoughts about humility that are important. I mean, humility is a dependent posture. We're, you know, we're dependent on mercy, not getting what we do deserve. We're dependent on grace, getting those things we don't deserve. Uh, you know, it's, it's being humble is not about our ego. Oh, no, no, no. There's a lot to be said, but I just looked at the clock and I realized I need to talk about walking in wisdom. So walking in love, walking in humility, and thirdly, walking in wisdom, walking in wisdom. And, you know, I wanted to read a good portion of, well, actually, I wanted to read all of Romans 5. I just wanted to read it. I, I, I'm seeing I won't have time. So let me let me urge you guys that the moment this podcast is over, the first opportunity you have, just read, just read Romans 5. Just, just read through it for a little bit. Um, cause I'm not going to be able to reference that, but let me, let me have a few closing thoughts on walking in wisdom. I, I, I love this subject too. It's something I love to talk about And the Bible brings up wisdom in all sorts of ways in some, in, in, at least in, in one part, in one way, the Bible talks about wisdom as being skilled in as an artisan or skilled as, as a, as a, as, a, as in your trade. And another way it talks about having having um, having insight on life and the ways of dealing with the, the life's problems. That second one I got directly from Easton's Bible Dictionary. I've always treasured that definition. In other words, having a keen insight into life was what what Solomon was accredited with, you know, that he knew how to handle problems. And then a third kind of wisdom is, is this understanding about things. And then the you know, fourth sort of idea of wisdom we see in the scripture is that that, you know, somebody sees what's important to God and how it relates to creation and they operate in that way. It brings sort of two and three together with, with insight and understanding. We actually activate those things we know so we can see that the goal of, of wisdom is to please God and live in a orderly fashion that pleases others and reflects uh, holiness. Man, that's a lot. You might have to rewind those two minutes and think about that a lot. So wisdom has all sorts of poor, poor parts and portions in the scripture, but we want to walk in that. We want to walk with, with understanding. It takes God to give that to us. So walk in love, walk in humility, walk with wisdom, redeem the time, redeem the time. We don't want to see everything be lost to this incredibly wicked age. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Life Steps Live. Can't wait to be with you again soon. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at banjobenclark.com. This episode is sponsored by the Light Steps devotional series. Would you like to have Light Steps in print or on your digital reader? Tim Bose has written three devotionals, Light Steps, More Light Steps, and Steps on the Roman Road. These titles can be found in print at the My Life Matters office or in digital format via Amazon. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples who become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.